You will go to the moon You'll probably be heading there soon Someday flowers will grow there But first you gotta go there Oh, you will go to the moon My next guest is a guy who's probably heard every freaking song ever written about space and space travel. Colonel Jeremy Hansen is here. It's nice to have you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so is this the first, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on this, but the one question I didn't know, have you been to space yet? No, this no. will be my first trip. I'm pretty okay. excited about it. What is it? I mean, I can imagine even as, yeah, as a kid, there's something magical. You look up in the air and you know that mankind has walked on the moon. But, I mean, did you grow up thinking, I'm going there too? I grew up wanting to go there. I, I saw a picture when I was about five years old. That's what my mom, my mom tells me um, of Neil Armstrong on the moon, or maybe it was Buzz, but it was one of those two. It was under Armstrong in Encyclopedia A, and it was like a switch for me. I can still see the page burned in my brain, changed my treehouse into a spaceship, started exploring space and uh, checking out books from the library on moon bases, et cetera, and I just kind of never looked back. Although this is, this one mission is going to be a bit like Moses. You're going to the moon, but you're not going to be on the moon. <laughs> it's true. We are going going to fly around the moon. We'll get a really great look at it, and uh, but we will not touch down. If we touch down on the moon, we're in big trouble because we don't have a lunar lander. We won't be coming home. Are you slated to take a further mission? I mean, I know there is a planned mission, but could you crew that? Uh, no, me personally, I mean, maybe further in the future it's possible. So for Canada, we have this mission, Artemis II. We have another deep space mission, but it is not to the lunar surface. It'll be to the Gateway Space Station, most likely. Um, but the way this works, if Canada finds ways that we can make investments in our own country that will benefit our, our folks, um, and we, the international partnership wants them, I could very easily see Canadians walking on the moon in the future, which is pretty exciting. And I understand that in this mission, you will go to the furthest point away from the planet Earth that any person has gone to. Yeah, so that, that's what we think will happen. I, I think it does depend a little bit on the orbital mechanics. The Earth and the Moon slowly get fur- closer and further apart over their orbit, so it depends on your launch day. Um, but with our current launch day, we would we would go further than anyone has ever gone. Okay, so describe the spacecraft. So the spacecraft is uh, it's this huge rocket, big orange rocket, sort of looks like the center of the space shuttle um, tank that you used to see, and then it's got the big solid boosters on the side like the space shuttle had. These ones are bigger, though, more powerful. And then on top, you've got a tiny capsule. There's room for four of us in there, four seats. Um, it's not much bigger than being inside like a minivan for 10 days. So it's sort of going to be sort of like car camping without getting out of the car uh, for the whole trip. And uh, inside there, we will, we will live. We'll exercise, we'll eat, we'll operate the spacecraft. We're going to have a whole bunch of test programs that we're going to run during that nine-day trip around the moon. No doubt you've been inside mock-ups of this in order to prepare yourself for what that life is like. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, I I mean, do they monitor you to figure out, I guess they knew when you got into the program you weren't going to freak out if you and three other people were trapped in a a minivan. Yeah, that's true. When we uh, go through selection process, we do like confined space training um, just to see, make sure our candidates are going to be comfortable in these environments. When you get in a spacesuit, like one of the ones you do a spacewalk in, it is tight to get into that thing. And you want it to be tight so that you have more agility and ability to move. Um, and like when I get in the spacesuit, I can't quite take a full breath. So if that 
trips you out um, is not the business for you. I'm getting freaked out sitting here listening to you talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's one of those sort of mind over matter uh, types of things. So you grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commander Hadfield grew up on a farm. You and I were trying to remember before this conversation which of the American, I mean, probably many of them, but I think it was Chuck Yeager. But anyway, uh, there's just something kind of romantic, I guess, about these big open fields where, once again, we can come back to you staring up at the moon and thinking, I want to go there. Yeah, I have this recollection of looking at the moon and that realization that although you can't see it, but I knew there were boot prints there. I'd seen pictures of the And golf balls. And a golf ball, yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's pretty magical to think about it when you look at the moon. And now it's interesting that I know that I'm going there. When I look at the moon today, it sort of feels a little bit further than it used to. It looks a little bit further than I thought it used to be and because I've just come to the realization of what a journey this is going to be. Commander Hadfield, more than many, because I've talked to an awful lot of astronauts, including the first American generation, and I found them very clinical about things. They were like, you know, engineers. And then Commander Hadfield talks epically and, and poetically about viewing Earth and seeing space and orbiting. Uh, so I wonder where you place yourself. Are you prepared for the wonder and mysticism of outer space? Well, I hope so. I think it's really important for humanity right now to be able to share that back. And you look around the world today, I think none of us are satisfied with the way things are, are turning out. We have a lot of issues on the planet. We're not cooperating. We're not taking care of one another. We're not taking care of our planet. And here's an opportunity for us to go and see once again Earth and all of its beauty and majesty hanging in the, the blackness of space. And I hope that it will remind us to think about what really matters. The only planet we have right now, the technology to exist on, eclipsing 8 billion people, we have a lot to work on. You know, I, I just want to tell you some kids, it was with some kids earlier this week, and this, this one girl asked me, she said, um, you know, in front of these 600 other kids, do you think, you know, it's possible for us to have a good future on this planet? What a question to come from an elementary student. And, you know, the answer is, well, absolutely. I do believe that that is possible, but this generation is going to have to create it. It's not in good shape, and we can't continue on the path we're on. They're going to have to dig in, learn to work together, and uh, create some solutions. You fell for flying, which is where this all started. Well, no, it started with a kid looking at the moon. Mm-hmm. But tell me about your flying career. What, what principally were you flying, or was it multiple aircraft? Yeah, I mean, when I go back to seeing that picture of Armstrong, the reason I was in Encyclopedia A was for airplanes. There were, had some great photos in the Encyclopedia. I used to go in there routinely, and I just mistakenly went to Armstrong. And so I was captured by airplanes before I even flew in one. I just, I don't know why. I just did. I was in love with them. And uh, I joined the Air Cadet program and learned to fly with Air Cadets at the age of 16. And an extraordinary experience for me. And uh, I, I still fly. I still love to fly. Flying is challenging. It's beautiful. You see incredible things. And, uh, and it just keeps your mind sharp. Do you have a favorite model of plane that you like to fly? Well, I, 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 there's none I don't like. I, I uh, spent a lot of time in CF-18. It's probably one of my favorites. I had this really rare aviation experience. I flew his, an historic F-86 Sabre. It's this old single-engine airplane. It was built in the, I think it was designed in the 50s or 60s, and, uh, and it, that was an incredible experience for me. I've also been flying helicopters as of recent as sort of like a new challenge. Um, as we go back to the moon, we think about landing on the moon. There are some similarities to that, and I've been really enjoying that challenge. We're talking with Canadian astronaut Jeremy Hansen. What are the mission objectives of the mission that you're going on? Yeah, Artemis 2 is all about laying the foundation for Artemis 3 and on. So our job, first humans to fly on this rocket with this capsule, 
Ours is to test the edges of the envelope on this vehicle. And then Artemis 3 crew, well then they're gonna have a lunar lander and that'll be the, the new vehicle that they're testing, but they'll already have a lot of the foundation of how to operate this rocket in that capsule. So that's our job. So what we do is we set up a mission profile that puts us in a safe regime to stress the vehicle intentionally and to do things to the vehicle that we hope to never have to do to it again. But if we ever get in a pinch, we will be we know that it'll work. So for for example, we will spend a day orbiting the Earth first. No other Artemis mission will do this, but we will do that because specifically we're going to check out this vehicle, make sure we think it's ready for deep space before we go. That'll cost us some fuel to do that, which means we won't have enough fuel to stay in lunar orbit. We'll have to just fly around it, kind of slingshot around it and come straight back. But that does one other thing for us is that we can stress the vehicle on that eight-day journey and knowing if we break something, we're still going to hit Earth, um, you know, whatever it is, eight days later, we are going to hit Earth and have a chance to survive. You gave an interview in which you talked about the possibility of, quote, kissing my wife and kids for the last time. So, I mean, you're mindful of the risk. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's really important for myself and my crewmates that the entire team is optimistic, but realistic. And uh, we have to look at the ways that we could die. We have to try and imagine all the ways that this mission could kill us and come up with mitigations for those risks and plans. Um, but then at the do end of the day... Do you actually do that? Like, uh, you know decompression or whatever you oh, talk absolutely. about whatever okay yeah we have plans for that you know we have for that one for example i mean getting hit by something or hitting something on your way to the moon is very real we have to go through all of these satellite bands between the surface and the and you know basically geostationary orbit and there's a lot there getting hit by something or some trash in space is a very real threat for us and we're going to spend a day going through that a you know we're going to go through that a couple of times and then we're going to go through it again to go around the moon and come back through it again to come home and so Losing pressure is a big one for us. Uh, we have a we have spacesuits that, uh, in theory, we can survive in if we lose pressure in the capsule during that whole mission. But it would not it would not be pretty. <laughs> well, good luck. I hate to end on such a grim note. I don't want to hex you, but uh, boy, Canada and the world are going to be watching. Yeah, and it's not grim at all. We're very optimistic, excited, and mostly I'm just proud of Canada. I really want Canadians to understand there's a reason why I'm going on around the moon on this mission, and it's not because of me. It's because of thousands of people over who over decades held a vision, overcame challenges, created real solutions, and put Canada on the map of human space exploration to the point that the International Partnership wants us along and invited us to be the second country in the world to send a human into deep space. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. That's Colonel Jeremy Hansen.